doing something. Damn, give a girl a warning. I, I, mean, <laughs> I can edit. I know. That's all. I know. Okay. Do you want me to start? Go for it. I'm a very, very bottom of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk, think, read, and sometimes smell independent comics. I thought you were going to say feel. Sometimes feel. We always feel. You know how I feel? With your hands? With my fingers, yeah. Good for you. Okay, bad joke. Well, besides that bad joke, we do have a good episode today. Um, today as always is joining me is carrie hi unfortunately darcy is not with us today uh she will be back next week hope she's doing well we hi do darcy we hi love darcy you. if you're listening and so uh we'll get going right now with the episode uh so first of all uh, no diy corner this week um so we'll go ahead and jump into spotlights okay so Carrie, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, let me go first since there's two of us here. Okay. Um, so my spotlight for this week is Immortals Phoenix Rising from Great Beginnings by Ben Kahn, Giorgio Brooks, and Wes uh, Zoba. It is on Dark Horse. And um, so Immortals Phoenix Rising sounds kind of like a shitty name, <laughs> but like it's an absolutely wonderful epic um game that we recently played on the nintendo switch and it basically follows the story of phoenix um well there's a a female character and um is she is she referred to as phoenix right away okay well the reason i i say that is because there's a naming oh never mind yeah she's phoenix but it's spelled f-e-n-y-x and um she's you know she wants to be a great warrior a great soldier like her brother who's part of this greek um army that's on an epic adventure and essentially um the world turns to shit because of the like demigods Mm -hmm. and um she's there's a prophecy where zeus is going to be defeated by this great warrior and it turns out spoiler alert that it's phoenix so um it's a really excellent game the story the comic book is about her origins it just looks really good the art is actually super close to the video game which is surprisingly awesome because uh and it's going to um have that same feel there's a lot of beautiful colors a lot of pastels a lot of great color saturation the um it's there's a lot of fun quips between the demigods and phoenix so it's definitely um something that i think if you are a gamer or you like those sort i'm i wish i was more into greek mythology i'm not very good like at remembering shit so i don't really know but um this game actually that in hades really made me want to learn more about all the gods and everything so um yeah, like definitely excited for this comic book because I'm I'm a fan of the game and I think it's great they're doing another uh, medium. So I'm all for it. It looks, it looks really good. Um, yeah, the, it's very colorful. 
the art looks nice. Um, yeah, we were playing Hades and and Phoenix Rising at the same time, so we were getting two different flavors of Greek mythology at what, earlier this year at the um, different time exact at the same time. Yeah. Wow, I can't talk today. We're doing a late night recording, yes. by the way. So okay. since it's just um, the two of us, we're kind of a little bit lax, a little loose tonight, and we're trying to stay fucking warm it's freezing in it our is, house so um and it's really really cold <laughs> and there's a winter storm where we're at so yes we're just gonna be a little goofy i think and darcy's the one that always keeps us in line actually yeah she's <laughs> like the fucking mom like she's the only adult in this trio so now we're just like wah, wah, wah. like comics video games <laughs> um yeah yeah no but but uh, back to back to the comic it looks yeah it looks pretty cool it comes out um I think it comes out actually the day after this this uh, episode comes out. So yes, um, definitely going to be on the uh, pick list for the week. So I grabbed a book um, from the um, short box sale that happened in October. That was a digital sale, and um, I've been meaning to. to I've actually got many books, not just one book, <laughs> and I've been meaning to go through all of these. Um, haven't really had a chance to. But uh, one that has been kind of like tugging at my um, my my shirt to to read um, was the one done by Sass Millage uh, called Barn Owl. Uh, Sass Millage might sound familiar as a creator because that's the person who um, created Mamo this year oh, uh, that we've talked about multiple times. Um, this is a short comic uh, by her, um, published by Shortbox uh, digitally right now only um and it's not available for sale but i'm assuming that uh, it'll probably become a physical copy soon or go back on sale again from short box in the near future um so um as expected the art is wonderful uh, it's uh the art is very reminiscent to the same art in, in mamo um and uh, even with the little round cheeks um the colors on the round on the cheeks so that uh that the characters of Mamo had. Awesome. Um, and this also takes place in a, in a tiny rural town. Actually, it looks like it seems like it takes place during Victorian England cool. because there's a mention of Queen Victoria's um, di uh, Diamond Jubilee coming up soon. Oh, sweet. So we got a story about Joseph, who is a young boy living in this town whose best friend is a ghost um, named Henry. And you kind of find out why they're tied to each other uh, henry might not know exactly why but joseph uh, kind of puts things together and figures out why these he's tied with this this uh, this ghost um he's also kind of afraid that joseph might find out why he's a ghost oh, in yeah. the future um because of things i'm not going to spoil however um so this the story is kind of about kids doing kids things they go out to to um celebrate cracker day which used to be um the like uh the queen's day but now that they're a commonwealth so actually it's a commonwealth so i'm assuming maybe it's canada not uh not england or australia maybe um but it's but it's, uh, it definitely takes place during victorian times and um they go out to they go shoot uh firecrackers out into um or in in the uh in a graveyard nearby with the rest of the teenagers and it doesn't go too well out there uh -oh. um so interesting story um it's uh i feel if i if i say why it's called barn owl that uh you'll uh it's kind of a spoiler so Don't i'm not gonna us. i'm not gonna give the, the reason for the title but 
yeah it's it's a beautiful book it's black and white um her coat her the colors of mamo like basically make her art look very vibrant um somehow she does it does the same in black and white it's a very vibrant like just pictures and and uh, artwork in this thing definitely worth checking it out cool. once it becomes available once again or if you were like me and bought a bunch of books during the short box sale and haven't read any i uh, definitely say <laughs> put this one on top of your list awesome it looks really good that's yeah, it's, yeah it's i'm excited fun. for that yeah so yeah i'll have it available on my my laptop here or the <laughs> the ipad <laughs> okay <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Brian popping in for just a moment. Um, you'll hear us say, hey, maybe we should put this in a, on a content warning, um, which we decided a little too late during the recording. So I'm just adding this content warning. If you know anything about Ed Gein and um, his exploits, then you know what you're in for. Um, but we try to keep it classy, you know, but yes, there's a lot of, uh, talk about um, murdering, grave robbing, um, mutilation, all of that fun stuff, which I'm using sarcastically, and I hope you all know that. Um, so please uh, uh, be advised, and I hope you all still enjoy if you want to listen. Um, this goes towards the end of the podcast. Um, maybe like skip to about five minutes until the, the podcast is over if you want to skip all this all right thank you everyone i'm out i'm out well um so i guess that actually just brings us into the main meat of the uh of the episode i fucking love how this train is just going yeah. in it's going going uh, through it so um th this week was carrie's choice and she had chose the book did you hear what eddie gein done by harold Schechter and eric powell uh, which is done, which was um, published by Eric Powell's um, comic book company, uh, Albatross Funny Brook, Funny Books, not Funny Brooks. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. So, uh, Carrie, do you want to uh, kind of go over the story and also yeah. why you picked the book? Sure. So, um, as you guys know, this season I've been trying to do Ooky Spooky. And um, fun fact about me is I love serial killers and learning about them and not like in a weird, way i guess i should have worded that differently like but um like right. i like to read about them because it's the only how do i say it it's like it's a way of being able to process my own trauma in my life i know that sounds really weird but if i read about serial killers things in my life look less shitty so i'm like okay you know, I like to read about like these really horrible murders and stuff. And really it's the only way I can do violence. I can't watch it, um, but I can read about it. So, um, and I also listen to uh, true crime podcasts, um, most notably, and sorry, Darcy, if you're listening, most notably, I listened to um, last podcast on the left and uh, Marcus and Henry are big comic book nerds. Uh, for those of you who maybe listen to it or catch a couple episodes, and um, they uh, they heavily have featured uh, Harold Schechter's true crime work um, as part of the references, or um, excuse me, as part of the resources for a lot of the stories that they cover, especially um, like what they dub uh, quote unquote heavy hitters, which are usually the episodes where they're going to go over a lot of like really gruesome details, um, um, and or a lot of you know killers who do gruesome things. 
because they go in detail and they go in depth. So uh, I've always liked, from what I've known of Harold Schechter through that podcast, um, I've always liked what uh, work he's brought to the table. Not that it matters what I think, but you know. So when I heard that he had um, basically done a, like a, a factual count by, you know, like a factual like day by day account of um, the Eddie Gein murders or, you know, the crimes. Um, I was really interested um, and also were big like Hellboy fans and the goon and stuff. So I do like Mike Magnola, uh, Magnola a lot. So Eric Powell, uh, you know, they were quite the duo for quite a while. So I love the artwork. And I so I knew the two names going into it. Um, and I know maybe like 30% about Eddie, um, Ed Gein. So I learned a lot more through this. And if you do read this book, um, one, you really have to like words. A <laughs> lot of these pages are mostly lettering. The art's beautiful. It's grays, it's a light beige. It's, you know, it, not a lot of color. It's, it's, it's very um, bleak. But if, if you know anything about Ed Gein, he was a very bleak person. So basically this story um, starts like what, like in 40 or 45, when they're looking for, they're digging up uh, a grave and they're like, no way he didn't, you know, he didn't go and, and take out a body. That's a bunch of bullshit, blah, blah, blah. So as they're, dig as they're re-digging up this grave to see if there's a body in the casket or not, they're going through what um, the life of Ed Gein. It's a 200 page plus book. I'm not going to give you a lot of detail. All you have to know is that Ed Gein's mother, Augusta Gein, was a bitch. Monster. She was an absolute monster woman. She um, hated men. She hated her sons. She hated her husband. And she ruled them with an iron fist. There was a lot of psychological abuse, a lot of emotional abuse dealt by her. Um, the father would fight back physically and he would drink. So he was absentee, as absentee as you can get. That had a profound effect on Ed Gein, especially in the way of how he felt towards women. His crimes, what has been confirmed is that he killed two women but he had multiple women's bodies in his home. He had portions of their bodies. Um, this was like in the turn of the century. So like 20s, 30s, 40s. So he lived on a farm in Wisconsin. He was around hunters. He was around butchers. His family was a butcher family. So he learned about how you skin a deer, how you disembowel a deer very early on he learned those traits and he applied them to humans. If you have ever watched the movie Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock, the Norman Bates character is loosely based on Ed Gein, especially with the, psych uh, the psychological uh, attachment to his mother. If you have watched the movie The Silence of the Lambs, uh, Buffalo Bill, he 
likes to uh, eviscerate women and wear their skins. That is also based on Ed Gein because that's what Ed Gein did. He would disembowel, he would dismember, he would use human bits and bobs, and he would make skin suits. Um, there is uh, controversy, that's the word I'm looking for, about how um, mentally sound Ed Gein was, how much of this was a show, because of course he claims insanity, of course he was put into like a criminal, a criminally insane institution, right? So there is murmurs about, well, was this all just really calculated? Because there's a lot that points to a lot of his things being premeditated. So that means that he has at least average um, intelligence and that he knows right from wrong. Or is he just so fucked up in the head schizophrenic that he doesn't know what one of his personalities is doing? That's up for debate to this day. So the book covers all of these things. If you are looking for a fictitious account of Ed Gein, it is not this book. If you are looking for a quick read about Ed Gein, it is not this book. If you are looking for a lot of gore or a lot of violence, it is not this book. But this book was probably one of my favorite things that I've read so far this year. It was super good. It was really, really entertaining in the sense that if you do like this sort of thing, it's fascinating. Um, you learn, you hear the story through the perspective of the townspeople, you hear it through the perspective of the DA, you hear it through the perspective of law enforcement, through the judge, through, um, through, and, uh, and through two reporters who are covering the case. So you're getting a lot of exposition, you're getting a lot of um, like information told to you in a really matter of fact way. Um, it's highly, highly fascinating. And if you're a fan of true crime, if you don't mind sleeping with the lights on that night, this is definitely, a, I mean, I'm a true crime kid. Like I, I love this shit. I will always like it. I just thought it was a really good, um, fun way to know the story because it is so gross and it is so gruesome that it was a palatable way to learn more. It's how I felt about the um, In Cold Blood graphic novel mm -hmm. that I read all those years ago because yeah. of you. Like Capote in Kansas. Yeah, Capote yeah. in Kansas. Thank you. I mean, it was just, you know, it's a good, yeah, I think you're the reason that I started my true crime <laughs> kick. You I'm the gave, one to blame. Yeah, you gave me that book to read on a plane ride. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I just, I can't, I can't recommend this any more than I'm going to. It's so good. The art's fabulous. Um, everything about it is is good. It's it's not for your nephew as a Christmas present, <laughs> like I. Unless I, you have the uh, nephew that was really into yeah, kind of stuff. unless yeah. your your unless your nephew dark. is uh is okay with all of this or and their parents. You know yeah. how that goes, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Did you like it, Brian? Yeah, um, I actually did enjoy it, and um, 
I'm, I'm a huge, I mean, I, I knew who Harold Schechter was when, before I started reading this. I obviously knew who Ed Gein was, and I, and Eric Powell has always been one of my favorites. Uh, kind of like whatever Eric Powell writes or, or draws, I have to check out because, you know, I love The Goon. It's, it's always been one of my favorite uh, f- fun comics. And um, his, his artwork in The Goon is, I mean, it's, he has a very pulpy style mm-hmm. altogether, and the pulp is here as well. But mm-hmm. this is a little more kind of in a realistic way because it's a it's a true story. I also, I'm kind of a, I was kind of amazed by his artwork um, because in like the Goon, it's all done in colors, and he uses a lot of watercolor techniques to to color things, and it kind of adds, you know, an extra kind of like feel and step to like the to the to the work kind of like a kind of a dreamy aspect to okay, it yeah and so you can see kind of the same strokes that you would see in watercoloring but in black and white and it translates well yeah and it does so absolutely yeah like so that's kind of amazing and um and like it's and and yeah it's I love when I see an artist that I know his style and I know his, you know, or I know their style. I know, I know like what kind of stuff they do and I see them adjust for the story. And, and he definitely does that. It was, for example, like, uh, you know, first I always mentioned Erica Henderson um, when she does like Dracula motherfucker, it's Mm -hmm. definitely, it's, it's still her artwork, but it's, it's not the same as a squirrel girl. Yeah. yeah and, oh wow. And, yeah. yeah. You're and, absolutely right. Yeah, and, and same with and same with this here. Like, I, you know, this is, you know, like the uh, the goon is definitely a book that true crime people probably would like. It's pulpy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 silly, but it's also very it's it's steeped in horror, it's steeped in crime. Um, so, um, but at the same time, it's you know it's a different story than this. Um, the he does an excellent job with the gross things in this story mm-hmm. um they when they're when when the the police go in and um and, and starts cataloging things in Gene's yes. house yes um he makes he does he he draws pictures in each panel of uh for example like the uh, the chair that's um that has been um uh, reupholstered. upholstered with mm-hmm. human flesh thank you that was a bad word um <laughs> the nipple belts the infamous nipple belts yes. uh, the the skulls on the uh the bed frames the the masks made out of human heads yeah absolutely yeah all all that and then the cereal bowl made out of uh, a human a top, the, of a the top of a skull yeah i mean and and also also has panels of the the clothing that he made yeah out of the skin mm-hmm. and so and like it's gross and it's it's disgusting as you can imagine it would be it's definitely not censored but his art style also makes it a little more palatable palatable where it's not at like like you know you're gonna see it in like puke like like these these police officers that who did experience this in real life and and even and i think that's part of the um the beauty of the color palette because when there is blood there's vomit um that's dark gray yeah so it's not an assault on your eyes Mm -hmm. 
So it doesn't detract from the story. And I think that was part of it. I, I just get this vibe that they wanted the story to be the star and the artwork is gorgeous, but it only enhances. It's it's not there to distract at all. Definitely. Or it, detract, excuse me. The, the story starts out, you know, the first couple of panels is actually the premiere of Hitchcock's Psycho. And, right. and it has an interview with Hitchcock why, why he chose to do this book that's based on on Gein um, as a movie. And I think that's also kind of where the palette comes from because I feel like there's a lot of nuances to Psycho, at least like the cinematography of Psycho yes. in this book. Um, so that, that was a pretty genius idea as well, like to kind of kind of have that start here because I think that's probably the most famous version of the story, even though it's not the exact same story, but it's just the, the type of person. If you know, yeah, if you know who Bates was, like you yes. know that in, in that story, then you know who what kind of person Gene was, essentially. Um I thought Schechter did a really good job with both the hearsay and like what yes. we consider yes. truth. Um like and and sometimes in like the, the truth always seemed a little more disturbing than the hearsay like even though the hearsay was like oh he's a cannibal and stuff like that but like when you see Gein as an adult before his mother dies um masturbating to a picture of a uterus like in this yeah that's a little more disturbing than like even cannibalism in my personal opinion I thought that was like super normy. yeah the- People jack off to medical books all the time. But just the human reproductive system, I thought that was kind of oh, okay. interesting, you know. I mean, I felt that it was, was it, it wasn't it wasn't the outside of the bodies, it was the actual like internal in, organs. Oh, okay, yeah, that he was yeah. Doing that too. So. I, in that scene, he uh it he he completes, shall we say, and um his mother hears him. And says, well, it's a disgraceful act, but if it must be done better with your own hand than with a foul woman, because one of the horrible things, and this is all true, that Augusta did was that she filled her boys' heads with these ideas that women were nothing but, and I don't like this word, whores, um, that they were nothing but trash, that, uh, or ill repute, whatever words, um, she had a she subscribed to a horrific branch of religion and this ideology where uh she was really like the only holy one. yeah she was like the only holy person everybody was a sinner everybody was a harlot or whatever and so she really pounded her kids um with that ideology and in fact she even mentions that they um that her sons are trash, that her sons are good for nothing, that her sons are sinners and they're children. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're so, only a mother could love you. She's constantly, excuse me, she was constantly um, like elevating her own self um, to her children. And the older boy, Henry was like, fuck this. You know, like he was very, he very much got away from that um, as he got older, but there's a really cool scene where um, Augusta is talking to Ed and he's got to be between like six and eight. And the more she talks to him, the bigger she gets. And it's a really interesting perspective because she's like a giant by the end of these couple of, of little panels. And Eddie is so small. 
And so you really understand and you really see how she was becoming this literal larger than life figure for him where on the surface he he loves her and he respects her and he worships her to a point and idolizes her because mothers know what's best for their boys but like internally he hated her because of how she ruled Mm-hmm. And um, and she and she was not a good person. And our dog just laid on my headphones, so I now I can't move. But um, ow, ow, ow. sorry, Johnny. <laughs> but um, it was it's the artwork is just so good, you know. Um, oh, and there, there's, you know, anything gross. It's not necessarily censored, but it's it's drawn and it's told in a way where it's not explicit, but it is, you get it, you know, like the masturbation parts and the sex parts. And there's one unfortunate scene where a young Eddie Gein is um, sexually assaulted by older boys. And that has not been a hundred percent confirmed, but that is a longstanding theory for a lot of people. And that there's enough um, circumstantial evidence to corroborate it. It's just, we will never know if that really happened, but that particular scene is in there and maybe we should put a trigger warning. I don't know if I said anything that would be like super offensive to anybody, Yeah. but, um, you know, it's, I don't know if I want to begin just because of the, the topic of, of the, of the book is yeah. an automatic content warning. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I just thought about that right now. Sorry. So, um, yeah, yeah it's just, it, don't think you're weird if you like it but i personally won't be offended if you don't like it yeah it's definite it's it's a wonderful book it's just not for everybody it's a good story um it's definitely if you're in into into history if you're into you know kind of the psychological makeup of of people like this that are basically living monsters (laughs) then um then yeah it's definitely worth checking checking out because it is it's a very it's a very factual account this is not a fictional take like carrie said earlier you know like it is definitely not a fictional take and um and it's it's um it is it is written like you would like it like a true crime novel or a true crime podcast in a way mm-hmm. where they're giving you the facts yeah absolutely you know? and um and, and then things that might contradict each other they're, they're they contradict each other in the story as well because it's it's the uh the public saying things and then like you'll see differently or you'll see you know other opinions rise up and you they're, those opinions if they were never confirmed in real life then they're never confirmed in the book either one thing i will say about the artwork is that um Eric Powell made Ed Gein look sympathetic. Yeah. He, you, at the beginning of the story, you are like, wow, you know, he's got a droopy eye, you know, he gets made fun of, there's a lot of shit going on, that's not good. So you're definitely like, oh, poor guy. But then as he gets older and as he morphs into what he becomes, then um, you kind of, you see the monster manipulate, you know, and then like manipulate in God, that's not how I want to say that, but you know, like 
it's he it comes out and his face contorts and it's just this really it's really good it says everything was so good about this i was glad i chose this book yeah you can see when like he's you you kind of get the idea of when he's lying when he's when he's trying mm-hmm. to put on a story um the you know the 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 one part of the book that kind of drove, dragged for me because the pacing so fast in the rest of the book is towards the end when it's the interrogations and it's a lots and lots and lots of text um going on at the at the very end um oh okay yeah that kind of dragged for me because it was just so much like yeah yeah sitting and reading definitely and like and it was just kind of back and forth like nine panel pages of just reading and, and stories and I heard this and that and and stuff so that kind of got slow for me but mm-hmm. but it was still absolutely interesting and definitely worth reading through because like you can see his stories change you can see you can see the plan that he seemed to have in his head mm-hmm. on how he was going to get away with this because mm-hmm. like when he gets caught in the beginning or towards the beginning like, like like after he kills the um the person that works at the um at the convenience store bernice yeah bernice um he basically he before they even accuse him he's like i was framed yeah yeah you know? absolutely. so he, he like there, therefore like there's like sign of like of knowledge that what he did was wrong and that he needs to do something to get out of it and when you're reading the interrogations he's like responding with just like that's right or or like hard to say like oh and then he kept on repeating the words i never killed anyone in my knowledge mm-hmm. and but it's never which I'm going to use as my defense. Yeah. Um, and and but uh, once again, like brings up the you know, it's never it's never shown if he did know if he did acknowledge that he killed people, you know, like um of, of his knowledge or not, you know, like like was he did he black it out like when this happened and like you know, but at the same time they, they talk about the premeditation. It's so it's yeah, he's a well, very that's, that's his that was his criminal defense, is that they were yeah. saying that he was like in a fugue state and that he would go like have these blackout moments, mm-hmm. but there was too much evidence of there being premeditation. Yeah, where you can't all of a sudden say, like, oh, I blacked out. Well, it's like then you but you weren't. You still yeah. did it. I was in a coma or I was blacked out, but I, I went and hid my car six miles away yeah, from, yeah. from where this happened. And I transferred the bodies and I skinned up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was... I, and at the end of the day, I don't shame anybody's kink because Lord knows we all have them. I don't understand fucking a dead body. Yeah. I, I honestly don't. Um, I mean, obviously there's like mental illness involved, but like that just baffles me about so, yeah there's I, definitely I, necrophilia I think, in this. I think that you didn't had to mention like in if you don't know the story of ed Gein, is that he was also a grave robber and that's where he was getting these bodies from was from from robbing graves of, of recently deceased women in, in the town yeah who were all like larger heavy set old gals over 50 which was like a thousand back in 1940 mm-hmm. um because that that was like his mom yeah and uh, i don't know it's just it's so good sorry if i didn't give a good synopsis like this it's just hard because it's so much oh yeah and that's the thing is that you like you were saying it was a 200 page book but it could be 400 pages easily well i know? mean i think that for 
comic book. This was really, this was really a lot. Yeah, it's condensed. You know? it's, it's, it's it was a lot. I enjoyed reading it though. It was really good. I hope uh, Darcy likes it. She reads yeah. it. Let us know, Darcy. On the oh, she will when you come back on next episode. If you if you uh, had a chance, which I won't be. You or you might not be. Or I might not be. be on our last episode. It's it's Christmas time. It's Christmas and it's too and, and there's a lot of things going on in our personal lives. So, so I might take the week off. Yeah, and um, and I, and we'll probably be doing uh, you know a full episode, but but kind of also doing it kind of fast <laughs> but you'll also have our our wonderful fourth beetle richard yes we, so, we asked him to come to come in yeah. and uh and and uh, kind of sit in no, no matter what either whether or not carrie's going to be in, coming in and, clutch and he's coming in clutch <laughs> what was that coming in clutch <laughs> richard for three. <laughs> oh my god richard if you're listening i'm so sorry <laughs> okay. so all right uh, well, I, I think that's it on, on, on the book, unless you have anything else. No, I just think you guys should support, um, especially this time of year, go support your local uh, comic book shops, go support um, small press, you know, go do all of that and something's going on. But um, yeah, like just, you know, it's that time of year, regardless of whatever religious or secular holidays you choose to celebrate. Uh, you should go and you're going to buy gifts for any of them or fuck it buy a gift for yourself i'm my number one valentine and christmas person every year i love shopping for myself so go buy those books absolutely all right well um i just checked our connections and i don't know if i was connected during the entire episode so are I'll, you fucking kidding so we me? might have to record this one again if you're hearing this that means we didn't have to record it again so <laughs> hopefully you're oh, hearing this fuck me. so okay well um i guess that might be the end for now hopefully for the evening <laughs> so um i'll go ahead and bring us in uh to the closing uh done well once again, thank you for listening to the Comics to Serve Better podcast. And um, you can email us any questions or comments at comics better at gmail.com. Instagram and Twitter is CDBpod. Our website is comics better.wordpress.com, where you can request subjects for a future show. And you can follow us, uh, write us, and tell a friend about the podcast. Um, I'm Bryjan2814 on Twitter, Bryjan underscore CB on Instagram. Uh, Darcy has a website, uh, booksandserial.wordpress.com, and she's available on Twitter at, at Books and Serial. So we can all be reached that way. If you want to reach Carrie, you can always email the podcast and she'll respond. Or for those of you who listen that I know, just uh, text me. <laughs> you guys have my phone number. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, so it looks like that might be all for now. So for Carrie and, and well, Darcy as well, even though she's yeah. not with us right now. And for I, Johnny. And Johnny, who probably made some noises during this podcast. So you all heard him in the background. Yeah. I'm uh, Brian, and this has been the Comics is Our Better podcast. And remember, comics is our better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye-bye.